Hi, I'm Kendra Corman, the host of Imperfect Marketing. If you're a solopreneur, small business owner, or a marketer, you know marketing is far from a perfect science. And that's why this podcast is called Imperfect Marketing. Here you will hear from marketing experts and successful business owners about their marketing tips and, of course, their lessons learned along the way. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Imperfect Marketing. Today, I am joined by Mariana Henninger. She is an entrepreneurial prodigy prodigy, whose first business was a makeshift school she started inside her neighbor's garden shed when she was only six years old. She's a national Emmy award-winning, two-time nominated documentary filmmaker who speaks five languages, traveled and worked in four continents. It's just crazy, but she really focuses on truly powerful, intimate, and emotion-driven storytelling and her business, Brand Magnetic. That focuses on creating brand videos as a conversion tool for online businesses, helping coaches, course creators, and entrepreneurs become unforgettable with their audiences. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Kendra. What a cool intro. (laughs) Uh, Like, yeah, I'm like, wow. I'm like, five languages, four continents. This is so cool. Woman after my own heart because I love to travel. Um, All right. So we're going to be talking about brand videos, and I am a huge fan of video because it is such a powerful tool for people. Talk to us a little bit about what a brand video is. Totally. That's the best way to start talking about brand videos is just like, what the heck is this? What is she talking about? So brand videos are two to four minute videos. They focus on the parts of your story that resonate with your audience. So this is different than a video about Kendra. This is let's understand Kendra's business, her audience, specifically like what are their, what emotion do we want them to feel at the end of watching this brand video? And your entire story will kind of be constructed or, you know, we're not fabricating anything, but we are um, building that story, both the way you tell it and visually to elicit those feelings as your audience is watching your brand video. So that's what it is. It's a two to four minute video that harnesses your story in a very emotion driven way, passionate, intimate, personal, and you use it uh, to really build trust with your audience in a, a lot faster. So the entire purpose of the brand video is is a conversion tool and it's meant to um, accelerate that trust and have your audience really see you at the end of watching it, not just as an expert, but as a friend. So they see you as an expert with all of your other content that you put out there. But in this video, they're going to see you as a friend. And so now it's going to shape everything that they see about coming from you after watching a brand video is going to be seen through the lens of that brand video. I love that. I just had, there's a couple of things there that really jumped out at me. First, resonates with your target audience. You have Mm. to know who they are and what they want to be able to create this and to create communications that resonate with them. So if you have not identified your target audience, do not start with the brand video. Hold off, think it through, really understand what it is that your target audience is looking for. And then you can start thinking about tactics like brand videos um, and everything else, because again, (laughs) it all should go back to your target audience. I mean, it's almost like like start there for your business, right? Like your business is not going to 
be its best. None of what you do is going to really uh, have the most impact and the most powerful unless you understand your audience. So if that's still not in place, like stop everything else. Focus yes, on that. First. Exactly. You're not going to be able to move forward without understanding who your audience is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm always a broken record when it comes to that. So, <laughs> all right, start there. All right. So one of the things that, um, that when we were, when we were talking earlier before we actually, um, started recording or actually even got on to today, we were talking a little bit about how to build relationships and that some people are rushing that process or mm-hmm. not taking the right tools and tactics. You said that a brand video can build trust faster, mm-hmm. build that relationship and help you sell more quickly. Talk to me a little bit about how it does that. Yeah. So if you think about, you know, the low, no like and trust process that we all are super familiar with, <laughs> like three boasts buzzwords of the century. Uh, we, we tend to go from no, like we attract audiences, we, they become aware of us and we want to get to that trust as soon as possible. Cause that's when they're buying. Okay. I trust you. I'm ready to purchase. We forget about the like, we forget about the relationship, or maybe if we do think about the relationship where we tend to not invest that much in that relationship. And part of the reason is because, uh, most of us either fall into one of the two extremes. We're either only talking about ourselves. This is a little bit more old school marketing, I would say five, 10 years ago, where it's like, we're the best. Look at our features. Look at our awards. We're amazing. You would be stupid not to work with us. Or we fall into the other extreme of like, it's all about you, the transformation, the promises. Like we're only talking to our audience about them and what we promise we'll do for them. And granted, this is a better camp to be in, but the, the thing that we're kind of that I advocate for is let's meet in the middle because our audience wants to know who the person is behind the offer, whatever it is, you know, whether you need somebody to fix your toilet or you're buying a high ticket coaching program, you care about the person who's going to do it because you're investing your time. You you want it done well. You want them to be an expert, but at the end of the day, like who's actually going to take you to that result. And maybe the person fixing your toilet is not as high of a bar, like you just want it done. But for other things that we do want us that are meaningful to our businesses, to our personal lives, to our results that we want to get, we care about the person that we're going to take this journey with. So no amount of credentials or even testimonials will really (sighs) replace the value that we can get from knowing who that person is, who their values are, what drives them, what, what sets them apart from all these other folks who are promising something similar. And so this is why I advocate that telling your story in that sort of framework of understanding what your audience needs to feel. So not only their pain points, but their desires, but also what feeling will get them to trust? Like what happens right before they buy? Like what are, what are the boxes that are ticked? Like understanding that moment is incredibly important from an emotional standpoint. So knowing what emotions they need to arrive at in order to click buy is incredibly important and driving or or crafting your story in a way that will get to those emotions faster is kind of where the building trust faster comes from. No, I, I do like that. So when someone's thinking about trying to tell their story in an emotionally compelling way, (laughs) 
Um, how do they go about doing that? <laughs> totally. Well, uh, there are generally two different buckets of stories that I work with. Um, folks that come to me generally fall into one of these two. One, the first bucket is the overcome story. So generally, if you're a coach, uh, if you are somebody who has a story that very closely relates to the thing that you're selling, you have an overcome story, right? You had a difficult situation, you overcame it, you figured it out, and now you are helping other people who have that similar sort of difficulty that you've had in the past. Let's say that's not the case. In my case, I'm not talking to filmmakers, so I'm not talking about how I built my career from living in a hostel like with 15 other people in the room when I was starting out my, my job as a photographer at the time. Um, so I'm not talking to filmmakers. I'm talking to entrepreneurs. And so I have what's called a passion story. That passion story is where I dip into the parts of my story that I know will resonate. Everyone should be doing this, right? What are the parts of your story that will resonate with your audience? And so how do you tell your story in a way to evoke emotion? You think about what are the parts of your story that would make anybody feel something, right? And so whether you have an overcome story, whether you have a passion story, folks in the folks who have a passion story think they don't have a good enough story to tell. You're quite wrong. You've are hopefully doing something that you're really passionate about. That's what you want to focus in on because who doesn't want to work with somebody who's passionate about what they do, right? So even if they haven't overcome something, if that's not what they're helping other people with, you still want to feel that drive. You want to feel this. So the thing I, the things I, I talk about in my program are a lot about the emotional touch points of your story, the universal things that connect us as humans. You know, think about all the movies that you've watched where that person hasn't had a story that you might necessarily relate to a ton, but you can relate to things about their story that are common in most humans, right? So fear and anxiety and lack of confidence and, um, and, and then positive emotions as well. Like I mentioned, passion, drive, just like a desire to connect with people, to help them and to see them succeed. Um, you know, I'll give you, I always give this example of one of my students. Her name is Julia. She's called the podcast teacher. So Julia doesn't actually have a podcast of her own. And you're like, oh my gosh, how are we going to tell this story? She doesn't have her own podcast. She's teaching other people how to build podcasts, doing really well. And what story are we possibly going to tell? Well, Julia happens to be fanatic, obsessed about systems and about clarification, about providing a roadmap. And we know that her audience needed to feel that sort of mama bear like, oh, all my tech worries are going to melt away because I'm in good hands. A lot of folks, you know, when they're buying a service online, they, that's that might be a feeling that they're looking for. And so one of the stories uh, in Julia's brand video is that she loves jigsaw puzzles. And this came out of a conversation that I was having with her. Like, Julia, so let's let's explore. What are your hobbies? Um, she has like a, a younger story that we tell in the beginning of her brand video. And then we kind of shift into Julia nowadays, which is she loves jigsaw puzzles. She saw no connection in that. And I was like, Julia, that's perfect. A jigsaw puzzle is a bunch of pieces that nobody can make sense of until you have a roadmap, until you have this guide. And then you put them beautifully together into something that that's awesome and that works and that is pleasing to the eye and it's fun, you know, and it's all of the things that you do with podcasting for other folks. So that's just one example of how to connect emotionally on something that you think might be kind of dry or techy or no, we're doing business with humans, right? Humans do business with humans. 
we just want to pull out all of these emotional opportunities and everything that you do. That's great. So one of the things that you said there was some people just don't understand their story. Um, mm. And even Julia, as your example, was struggling with how to identify what her story is. Mm -hmm. If people are struggling with how to tell their story or what story to tell, how do they how do they narrow that down or brainstorm enough ideas to to find that secret little nugget? Yeah, for sure. Um, I wouldn't say it, it has to be like one nugget or one part of, you know, just one thing that we share it can be a sequence of things. So the best stories tend to be, you know, you, you tend to have what's called the narrative arc, or at least some sort of journey that we're walking through. We're going from let's say, okay, so let's, uh, the easier stories are the overcome stories. We tend to think of the, the framework that I use, old normal, something happens, then you have a new normal. Generally, if, if you have an overcome story, it, can, it very easily sort of falls into that narrative arc. If you don't have that, and you're wondering, because that's folks who have that, they tend to kind of, it's more obvious to them what that story would be. And if you don't have that, then you have to think about well, one exercise to do is just tell your story, right? And just kind of see what resonates with your audience. But then understanding, again, if you're going from the end point of what they need to feel, you can more easily kind of draw parallels back to your life. Okay, so how can I make them feel that way? So what are my personality traits that make them feel that way right before they buy from me? And that's that will generally give you a clue as to where to look for the stories to tell. Um, I'll give you my example real quick. I never, I never <laughs> turn my notifications off. I never used to tell that story of the garden shed um, until I realized like, oh my gosh, my audience are entrepreneurs. They identify with this idea of like always wanting to, not all of them, but they understand at least they resonate, even if they didn't live through this themselves, this idea of a little girl like hustling to make money and not everyone uh, not everyone's story needs to be a lemonade stand. Maybe there were other things that you did to kind of hustle when you were six years old. Uh, but then I started telling that story and I got such great reactions. Like, okay, I know that story resonated. So that's part of my brand video now. It's very cool. I love that. You need to take a look at it, test some lines out, share some things and see what people do. So one of the things um, that I hear a lot from people is, oh, I don't like video. I don't like seeing myself. <laughs> I don't like hearing my voice. I don't like, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like. Um, I always say that we're much harsher judges of ourselves mm. than anybody else's. So how do you get people to overcome that feeling or get them to just suck it up and deal? <laughs> well, I, you know, a little, a small part of that answer is a brand video is a little bit more of an advanced marketing tool. So I definitely recommend that you are doing social media beforehand, that you are kind of getting through that hurdle of seeing yourself on camera. That's one thing I say. Another thing I say, if you do, if you are ready to work on your brand video, even if you, but you still have that sort of hesitation on camera, then you need to be thinking about this as a business tool. You know, it's kind of showing up for something that um, if you have a team, for example, you need your team to perform, right? You, you need people to show up unless they're, you know, God forbid, sick or something. You count on them to perform what they're, they've been hired to do. And so I when I kind of have any sort of laziness, not about showing up on camera because I've gotten used to that, 
but um, I just sort of suck it up and I'm like, you know what? This is my business vehicle right here and it needs to work for this purpose because I believe in what I'm doing. And that's sort of the attitude you need to bring is just like believing in what you're doing. The third one is kind of key. And honestly, if you just took that third one, you could get rid of the other ones, which is it's not actually about you. First of all, you're not modeling, which maybe your business is about modeling, in which case you're probably fine in front of the camera. But uh, you need to focus on the story that you're sharing for your the purpose of impacting and serving your audience. So ultimately, again, the, your, your body, your face, your voice, those are just vehicles for your story, for your message. And it really is about getting people closer to your offer. And if your offer is a good one, your offer is made to impact people positively and to change their lives and to help them in some way. And so the longer you put off helping them, the longer you, the longer it takes for your audience to convert, the more time it takes for them to actually be helped by you. And so by not working on your brand video, by not showing up, you are doing them a disservice. So it, honestly, it's not about you. <laughs> and people who are judging you are just going to be judging anybody anyway. And who cares? Haters will hate. And we just move oh. on and, and build our empires anyway. Agreed. Agreed 100%. <laughs> Suck it up and deal, people. I swear you'll get over it. Um, people, you know, again, it is, it's a barrier to that no like and trust factor and building that is a barrier to people buying from you. And you have mm -hmm. valuable services yeah. to provide people with. And so if there's a barrier, why wouldn't you work hard to turn it, tear it down? Absolutely. Like, so, yeah. I mean, do I like myself on video? No. My Most first hundred episodes of my podcast were not on video. Why? Because I didn't want to do my hair. Okay. <laughs> so now I do my hair. Um, it's like, we just roll with it. Right. Yeah. So speaking of how you look on camera and stuff like that, a brand video should have some cuts and should have some other visuals, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, some B roll or something along those lines. Right. When somebody is a service provider, um, especially business to business service providers, I find struggle with this a lot. How do we portray ourselves in a way that's not us sitting at a computer or writing in our planner? Totally. Okay, I'm glad you asked. Obviously, the most important part of the brand video is your core story, but that is pretty much the second most important part of the brand video, which is like, why are we doing this on video, not a podcast, not a written text, you know, your about me page, etc. Like they're let's use the power of video. And so I teach an entire section of my course about this, which is compelling visuals. What we want to think about, to your point, nobody wants to see you in front of a laptop. I mean, they might for a little bit because we want to kind of sort of the magic of the brand video is that at the end, we're sort of tying it into what I call your mission. It's not your offer. It's not, we're not focusing on what you're selling. We're focusing on what, who you're helping. And, and now we understand the reason why, right? At the end of your brand video, having gone through that journey with you, but compelling visuals are huge in a brand video because they will sort of keep people watching. And more importantly, they'll um, sort of trigger what is called narrative transportation. Narrative transportation, which I love. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that phrase because it so beautifully describes what happens when you're listening to a good story. You shut off the part of your brain that's thinking about dimes and cents. Can I afford this? Is this the right time for me? Um, all of these other sort of very critical analytical things in your brain and you're just focusing on 
this feels right. This feels like a good fit. This feels like I should be doing this. Um, and again, narrative transportation, you're kind of carried into the shoes of that person. You're feeling the feels with them. Uh, and, and our brand videos really should be focused on feelings throughout. And so compelling visuals, how do we do that? We think about non-literal visuals. So visuals that evoke emotions, visuals that are metaphors. So that example I gave you of the jigsaw puzzle and Julia's story is a non-literal visual. It's a visual that you wouldn't expect to see. It's a visual that's visual, by the way, which is another important component. Not all visuals are interesting or colorful. There isn't movement. And in this case, when you can combine all of those things, that's a, that's a really good signal for a visual is when there's movement, it's colorful, it's dynamic. Um, it's visually intriguing. Think about like the things that you like to see and like to watch. It's kind of ASMR for your eyes. Um, sound is also a very important component. I absolutely love to use natural sound. In the biz, we call it nat sound. Um, and so some, some visuals to think about are in nature, you know, water moving or wind or leaves in the trees. Like all, the, all those things can sort of evoke emotions as well. Um, and yeah, you know, there's no one size fits all. There's, there's a bunch of examples I can give, but basically you're looking for visuals that really sort of trigger, trigger an emotion of some sort. And if you're not used to thinking visually, then that's kind of where to start is just sort of this exercise of every time you watch a commercial and you watch a video or a film, rather, you want to think about what, what am I feeling? And, and then when, when you realize what you're feeling, you're like, what am I actually seeing that's making me feel that way? That's just, it's fantastic. So again, <laughs> just gets people thinking about the ways that they can start thinking about their story a little bit differently, getting mm -hmm. people to relate to them so that you're not sitting there writing in your planner, you know, whatever else it is. So <laughs> I think that that's, that's, that's great and should hopefully get everybody that's listening or watching thinking about that. Yeah. So you have your brand video, you got all your visuals, you got over the fact that you don't like how you look and you don't like the sound of your voice and everything else that goes with it. <laughs> Join the club. Um, you, you've got, <laughs> I know exactly right. You've got this brand video. Now what? Now what? Okay, great. So that's the second most asked question, which is a great one. Once you have it, where does it go? So I talk about like five places where your brand video should live. The first one is your email signature. Your brand video should... So before I even get into the five things, you really should think about the, your brand video as the lens through which people are going to see all of the rest of your content. So you want it as top of funnel as possible. They're going to be hooked by an ad or something that they've seen or a comment that they've seen somewhere, or you've, you're in a group together, you networked on Zoom, whatever the case may be, you guys connected and you want your brand video to be the first thing that people watch as soon as they come into your universe. Why? Because again, it's going to reframe everything else. Think about this. When you meet somebody for the first time, whether it's over a Zoom call or in person or over email, whatever the case may be, actually over email a little bit less because that's a little bit less dynamic and personal than we might not know to put a face to what we're hearing. So let's say over Zoom or in person, every time now that you interact with that person, you will remember that interaction. You've kind of created, you know, feelings associated with that person. You've, you've sort of built this mini image of them in your mind. And so every time you hear from them, whether you've signed up for their offer, emails, whatever the case may be, you follow them on social when they pull up on your feed, um, you are going to be framing that through the lens of that interaction. So that is what the brand video replaces. 
you can't have Zoom calls with every single person in your universe unless you're a tiny business. Um, and so the brand video is going to frame everything else as a friend, as somebody they've gotten to know, as somebody that whose values they understand and who they had this like emotional connection with. And we throw, we toss the words emotional connection around quite a bit, but that is hugely important. In fact, like there's a Harvard business school study that says that 95% of purchasing decisions are made subconsciously, which means they're made on sort of the emotional level. They're not made on the sort of thinking, can I afford this dimes and cents time frame? Do I have to ask somebody, my husband, my wife, whatever the case may be. All right, so where are the five places your brand video should live? Top of funnel. Your email signature is super important. It's incredibly important real estate that so many people throw away by not at least having a picture there. So your email your email signature should have a picture on it like today. And in the future, it should also link to your brand video. Why every single person who gets an email from you should watch your brand video, should connect you. Again, make those associations. This name, this person has this story that I've connected with. Number two, it should live sort of pinned to the top of your social media profile. So pinned to the top of your Instagram, sort of visible on LinkedIn, wherever you're hanging out, wherever your audience is hanging out, pinned right on top of there. It should also be on your homepage. So if you are sort of the name and face of your brand, it should live on your homepage. It doesn't have to be above the fold. It can be just below the fold or wherever sort of works for you. Um, you know, if you're studying kind of where your audience is scrolling your website, kind of if there's a place where they stop, it should be right above that. Um, your about me page is the second most visited page on your website. Typically that's why, because people, by the way, shocker, want to get to know you, <laughs> want to know who you are. So it absolutely should live in your about me page as well. And then lastly, uh, depending on the kind of business that you have, if you have a sales page, if you have like an online funnel in the sales page, if you have one of the really long ones where there's a, a section where you're kind of reminding people about your credentials, about who you are, bam, smack that brand video right there because it will, again, pull at those heartstrings. This is typically further down in that sales page. I'm not, I don't recommend that you replace any of your copy or any of your sort of what you're doing in your sales page in terms of driving people to your offer. But, and that's the reason why we have oftentimes that section of like, let me remind you, I'm awesome section of your sales page. Let your brand video live there as well. Just to kind of give that final emotional push and like have people remember it by this point, they should have watched your brand video, but just remember them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She's this really cool chick. I remember, you know, like, Oh, okay. Yes. I, I totally get it. Yeah, no, I, so I love everything that you're sharing. I love all those tips. Those are all great places to share and put out whatever communications that you have for now. So again, it's about building that no like and trust factor <laughs> and building that relationship quicker because people buy from people and yeah. people they like, right? And that's what it ultimately comes down to. So, um, before I let you go, because this has been amazing, and I'm hoping that everybody listening got a ton out of it, because I know I did, <laughs> um, I will have a link in the show notes, as usual, on ways to connect, but... They, um, she does have a brand video starter guide, a video training that's going to walk you from start to finish on how to create your own brand video on brandmagnetic.com. So we'll have that available for you guys to check out if you want to um, work through that. And then 
before I let you go, the show is called Imperfect Marketing because as we all know, marketing is anything but a perfect science. So what has been your biggest marketing lesson learned? Um, I think to me, the most exciting part of marketing has been connecting with people individually and kind of seeing that folks that um, even when I wasn't actively pitching or didn't even have an offer, it's just kind of seeing the seeds that you've planted in different Facebook groups and different online spaces um, kind of come come back at you when you least expect them, you know, every couple of days, every, every so often I'm getting emails from folks that I, I don't know how they found me, but somehow they did. And so I think the beautiful part of marketing for me is when you, all you're doing is just sort of living your truth and getting out there, um, you know, not to dismiss any of our more intentional marketing efforts, but just to connecting with folks or, or, or seeing that what you're putting out there is resonating with people that you're not even addressing directly is really awesome to me. Yeah, I, I teach. I'm adjunct faculty at uh, one of our local universities here outside of Detroit. And yeah, I mean, I teach integrated marketing communications. Mm. And one of my students asked me the other week, they're like, is integrated marketing communications more popular than traditional marketing? And I'm like, why, yes, because it's about <laughs> connecting and relating to people Perfect, and personalizing yeah. communications and yeah. speaking it, you know, all around and clearly being authentic is also very, very important. And mm-hmm. they can definitely get that through a brand video, but also through your posts and everything else. So mm-hmm. very good. I love that because marketing is personal. Um, people say, you know, oh, it's just business, not personal. Yep. Nope. Marketing is personal. It's got to be personalized. So (laughs) that's an amazing tip. So thank you. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Imperfect Marketing, whether you are watching or listening wherever you are, I would really help me out. If you learned something on today's episode to rate and subscribe um, to this podcast, because it really does help me get this word out to more people and help more people out. Thank you again for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Imperfect Marketing. Be sure to subscribe and visit KendraCorman.com slash Imperfect Marketing to view the show notes of all my podcast episodes. See you next week. Same time, same place.